You're listening to the Static Podcast on Static and Distortion. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Static and Distortion podcast. Uh, I am Robert, uh, like normal. <laughs> that was really bad. You usually go with it, though. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm John, <laughs> as usual, the normal John. We have a new. I think we're saying we're the normal people because we have a new person. Are you going to introduce I'll, yourself? Oh yeah, I'll introduce myself. I'm sorry. I was just trying to wrap my head around the normal people, like I'm the strange one. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm Jason. Yeah. Nice to meet all all the listeners out there. And some of you may know Jason from the the blog. He's he's contributed to the blog for a while now. Um, he also quit um, contributing to the blog around the same time that apparently everybody else quit contributing to the blog too. Yeah. So it was, um, was kind of weird though. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I, I stopped because I had a kid, so I was just busy, and then I never got back to it, and then I noticed that really nobody else was getting back to it either, and I was like, well, Are shit, I know I wasn't doing that. <laughs> it's all your fault. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jason left and it all crumpled. Yeah. You were the pillar of this, this you know, machine. I was like, these dudes really like R.E.M. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. We're done. That was the best post ever. We quit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we have uh, Jason joining us for this episode and most likely going to be for uh, several episodes in the future here and there. Or maybe, I don't know. We haven't figured shit out yet. We're fly by the seat of our pants here. But um, today was my pick and uh, I picked a band that Jason also loved and wanted to contribute to and chris hates this band apparently so we're like fuck off and we got rid of him and we're gonna be talking about the grateful dead so yeah yay yay now now when someone says they hate the dead i always wonder do they just hate the stigma around the dead and have never actually gave the music any try or you know do they actually put effort into listening to it and then said yeah that shit sucks 
I thought the same thing, and I met person of like specifically my wife Randy. She hates the meandering, wandering, twenty minute long songs. Like she wants it to find three to five minutes, and then she's happy. So um, I feel like more people are about the stigma, but her particularly, she's giving it a try. It's just not for her because she doesn't get the whole just let it go, flow with it kind of thing. So. Hmm. Yeah, we're kind of jumping ahead, though. Sorry. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, we usually we usually pregame it a little bit, and then we go into music news and do that for a little bit. Yeah, you know. So, well, it's your bus, man. I'm just a passenger. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It is our bus, and we can have you get off at any time. So, <laughs> what? That was threatening. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if that was like not so subtle passive aggression. Holy shit. So John. I'm just used to firing Chris on every episode. Oh. And he's not here. So I have this to This is gonna be a different dynamic. You have <laughs> Jason and myself, we're a little bit more laid back. I'm I know I can get aggressive, but for this particular episode, we're gonna be very laid back, all right? You're only aggressive about the death grips. And napalm death, apparently. Yeah. That's your that's your shit. Um, hey, everybody. It's time for the news. That's okay. And I think I'm the only one who has news this week. Um, <laughs> so this is, this is something I ran across. Um, it's been on a couple different sites. And it is Alanis Morissette is announcing the 20th anniversary reissue of Jagged Little Pill. And I don't know how I feel about that. That thing was a monster. Like it, it was, but to to kind of go with the theme of of um, Jason's REM post or <laughs> some of the other things, was it good? Oh, I have. Don't ask me that. I haven't listened to it since nineteen ninety six. Right. So, do you but, I mean, think it, was, it has anything to do with David Coulier coming if, back with Full House? Oh, she's gonna piggyback off of Dave uh, Dave Coulier Full Full House make a resurgence kind of thing. Like you, you ought, ought to know. know. Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I I own that album. Of of course, it's was like you said, a monster album in the '90s. It had all those hits and everything. But I I did listen to it recently, and I don't know that it holds up exactly. You know who would find this conversation sacrilegious? Um, Chanel. He swears up and down by Alanis Morissette. He loves her. I think even saw her in concert like a year or two ago. And he would definitely say that that album holds up and it's amazing. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, I mean, the songs are good, but even just production wise, it just sounded really dated in nineties, but not in a good way. I was about to say, doesn't a lot of that stuff sound dated in nineties at this point? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I love a lot of nineties music and I have a, huge collection of 90s music and everything but it just didn't um i don't know so wait it looks to me like a oh it's a 20th anniversary it was a monster album alanis hasn't really done anything notable in a decade let's you know kick off some so publicity I don't know if you know this because I don't know how many articles you actually read, but normally when they do like a remastering reissue, um, not only do they like, you know, 
obviously remaster the tracks and maybe reproduce it. Not reproduce it, but, you know, just kind of tweak it a bit. But they include, like, commentary and B-sides and rarities oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Do you, what's being included on this? Do you know? Um, unreleased demos okay. and concert recordings in the collector the, edition. The concert recordings might be worth it. Maybe. She's usually pretty good live. Have you guys seen her live? I've never seen her live, but I'm a sucker for a live recording, right. um, which is why I'm like, the concert recordings might be worth it, depending on how much it is. You know, with iTunes, it might be the $15, $20 release for the collector's edition, maybe more. I'm not sure. Oh, this article reminded me of something I forgot about. In 2005, in the 10th anniversary, she released Jagged Little Pill Acoustic. Where she did them all as stripped down acoustic songs, so I guess it's going to include that plus the other stuff I mentioned hmm. before. Hmm. But, yeah, she's going to milk that for the rest of her life. Thirtieth wow. anniversary remastered again, you know. Yeah, thirtieth anniversary. She goes on tour and she plays the whole album from start to finish, and then releases a live recording of it. Yeah. <laughs> To get even more detailed, she releases a live recording of it. You can only get your city's recording in your local record shop. Download but, code on your ticket stub. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but don't, if you're in, in Great Britain, just don't burn it into iTunes. Yeah, fuck. Fucking <laughs> 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 Great Britain. Um, but more importantly, Jason mentioned, and I think... This is perfect for this podcast. Jeff Tweedy doesn't understand Star Wars? Well, he named that album Star Wars, the surprise one that was released last month. Yeah. And apparently he had no idea that there was new Star Wars movies coming out. His lawyers told them. <laughs> like, That's I don't know what funny. kind of rock he's been living under. I mean... But okay, rock so, and roll, I guess. Right. <laughs> Here's the funny thing, and this is going to be total name dropping, and I'm sorry, but it contributes to the story. I went to Pitchfork last month, and I saw Wilco play live. And I actually, through a long, convoluted series of events, I actually stood next to Marty Leonard's of WXRT, you know, radio DJ fame for 40 years. And he mentioned at one point before Wilco went on, oh, I talked to Jeff Tweedy today. I had to do an interview with him. And I asked him why they named the album Star Wars. And he was like, well, that's the cat's name. The cat's name is Star Wars. Everyone <laughs> calls him Starry. So What? Yeah. <laughs> that's why the album is called Star Wars, because the cat's on the cover and the cat's name is Star Wars. So does this actually make them now officially, without a doubt, dad rock? Oh, they've been dad rock for years, dude. Yeah, but this is such a dad thing to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know so, why my kids named this cat Star Wars, but, you know. I'm going to name the album Star Wars cause for my kids. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. That's bizarre. So, yeah. It doesn't surprise me that he wouldn't. He seems like he's so far above current pop culture that it doesn't surprise me that he doesn't know a new star wars movie is coming out i don't know i mean he did a cover of my humps yeah but that was like wasn't that 2009 ago. 2008 i don't know he well did you see for... the last video that he made with his son he definitely looks like the old guy across the street who lives in a house stacked with newspapers everywhere yeah <laughs> he so <does>. he, <laughs> he wears uh, uh 
an offshoot version of the Pharrell hat now, like one of those 10-gallon cowboy hats. But it's not like he's wearing it to be iconic and fashion forward. He's wearing it because, like, oh, this really protects me from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looks like. Uh, and yet he wrote Random Name Generator. The fucking album was really good. It's a really good album. <laughs> it is a really good album. So It was the right album for, for this point in their career. Oh, yeah. Uh, did we have anything else we wanted to talk about? Not really. No. <laughs> Unless you care that Ryan Adams is covering Taylor Swift songs. We talked about that last week. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it might be interesting. I'm very much looking forward to it. Because I think everybody... love it. Yeah, every, <laughs> everybody in this conversation, I think, is on Team T-Swizzle, so... That's true. Yeah, I am. I wasn't on Team T-Swizzle, like, about... Six, maybe like five, six years ago when she first came out. But ever with every album she's released, she's gotten stronger and stronger at writing, like good songwriting and writing catchier tunes. So as she time goes along, I'm more on team uh, Tate Off Switler. So my my. <laughs> my <laughs> so. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had. <laughs> that was my punctuation on that sentence. Adolf Switler. <laughs> so, well, well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm ready to get into the dead. I've been wanting to do this episode for over a month now. So, I think we've been planning on doing it for over a month, and it just never. It's 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 almost got to the point where it was like the Wilco episode, the episode that would never actually happen. We just talk about forever, forever yeah. and ever. So, yeah. um, forever, ever, forever, ever, ever, um, ever. <laughs> we got to do an outcast episode too. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. You know, what was your guys introduction to the dead, whether it was last week or, you know, in the sixties or whatever it was, you know, when do you remember first, getting into the dead and, and listening to them. I'll throw it to, to, to Jason first. Uh, for me, it was uh, probably 1995. Okay. And uh, I was hanging out in this dude's attic doing things that, you know, 16-year-olds do in attics. And, <laughs> and this music was just worming through my brain, and it just stuck with me ever since. Do you remember what it was? Um, yeah, it was American Beauty. Oh, okay, okay, okay. At that time, that was before, I mean, that was my first introduction, so it wasn't like, you know, I was like, oh, throw on Winterland 77 or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, trying to remember the song. See, it, the first song of that night was, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Sandcastles. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the dead just came on, and then I was stuck on the couch for hours, and I couldn't <laughs> And then it's been like that for like the last or... 20 years. No, doing music. things that 16 year olds do in addicts. Column A, column B. <laughs> yeah. What about you, John? Um, it was uh, probably about 1995 also, except I was in seventh grade and not hanging out in somebody's attic. Um, it was just uh, there was a subset of people. I was a new kid in a new school. We had just moved from Ohio to Kentucky. I knew nobody. And there was this little group of popular kids 
uh, but they had gotten into Grateful Dead and Fish and and um, some more of the bands of that nature. And just trying to be cool and, you know, find my place in the world, I kind of floated into that group for a little bit. And uh, uh, the the I mean, the first song I really ever heard of Grateful Dead of all of them, and it was actually on your list, was that um, Scarlet Begonias. Okay. Which I I dig. I still dig to this day. I didn't I didn't know it by name though. It was mm. it was kind of interesting because I I didn't really. I remember that song and I remember the impression, but then I really have invested none of my time in the Grateful Dead in the last 20 years. Um, until I got this playlist and I was listening to it. Like, oh, I know that. I actually know that one. That that was a good song. Scarlet so, Fire is a real treat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I know exactly. Yeah, you know what you're mentioning, but uh, the fact that you brought up the Scarlet Begonias uh, uh, and the reason I wanted to do this show is... Um, the Grateful Dead just played five shows, two in Santa Clara, California, which is their hometown, and then three in Chicago, which is a 20-year anniversary of the last shows they played together, including Jerry, in Chicago. Uh, and Jason and I were fortunate enough to go to one of the nights, and um, when I was getting ready to go to one of the nights, you know, my father-in-law was like, so you're going to go see the Grateful Dead? And I'm like, yeah, they're a classic American band. And like, they're known around the world. Everyone at least knows two or three of their songs. And he's like, I bet you I don't know any Dead songs. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Put on Truckin'. He's like, oh yeah, I know this song. I'm like, all right, that's bullshit. Put on Touch of Grey. And he's like, I know this song too. And I'm like, put on Casey Jones. He's like, I know this song too. So everyone seems to know their big hits. There's like three to five songs that people always know, but then there's other songs that you probably listen to at some point in your life, and you're like, "Shit, I didn't know that was a a dead song," or "I didn't know the dead have, have at least played there once in their career." So, um, right. I also, my sister was the one who got me into the dead in like ninety. I was just in high school, so probably like I was late ninety eight, ninety nine. I got into the dead through her. Um, they played a reunion show up at Alpine Valley. What was it like, two thousand one? If I remember yeah, correctly, yeah, I was at that show. Were you at that show? She she yeah. drove up from Miami to Alpine Valley to go to that show, and uh, I remember her coming back and just being like, "It was it was like going to church. It was one of the best things in her life." And um, I remember the first ever Dead album I ever got was Dozen at the Nick, which was three nights of them playing Madison Square Garden. And the first time I heard drums, I was like, this is going to be, you know, this is going to change my life forever. Um, so I think a lot of people, when they first hear the dead, they're just like, oh, this is a band that you do a lot of drugs to and you just sit back and they don't really play anything. But then when you start listening to their live shows, you realize that, you know, these are they've had a rotating cast of like between five and nine musicians on the on the stage at any given time and you're like these are all really super talented super intelligent people just going out there and doing what they love so the, the well, biggest thing i think that people miss is that it's just not going up there and just playing whatever they want to play yeah you know i mean these guys are expert musicians they're definitely innovators with technology with you know, bringing Americana roots music clashed together with jazz I mean, doing forward stuff that was blowing people's minds through the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, they were part of like a, a progressive um, jazz Americana folk blues explosion throughout the 60s and 70s. And even when you mentioned how forward thinking they are, um, I mean, you just have to take a look at Mickey Hart and his setup. And, and that's that's all you really need to see. That dude is like such an innovator of percussion instruments to the point where he's now 2015. He's collaborating with people that are still making music that are like, you know, 18 year olds are listening to. He you know, I think Skrillex tapped him to be on an album because he's that far of an innovator percussion wise and just, music, you know, as a musician. Um, and they're all out there. You still have, you know, Bobby Ware and Phil Lesh and everything like that. They're still out there making this really creative, interesting music that, you know, people are going to listen to. They're like, oh, they're just a jam band. Well, you know, the same thing that you do when you listen to EDM and you go and rage all night, that's what other people do to this. They go and they listen to this for hours upon hours, and that's how they get into it. You know what I mean? This is like the originator of that let's go – get into this music all night kind of thing so that's how i've kind of sold it to i mean i have a whole younger generation coming through my crew with us they're starting to pick up and go to shows and they're like mm-hmm. 25 26 years old and mostly it's fish concerts because that's my that's my yeah main band. and that's but, that's that's they're carrying the torch now so um sort of you know but <laughs> <laughs> but it's that whole thing of like that's how i would sell it is like like look you're into this edm the trance this whole vibe thing this you, you want on this ticket, you know. Come, come, take a hop on this train, and we'll check this out. And they all eat it up because it's on that same wavelength, mm-hmm. it's those same notes, like inside your body. Very much so, very much. And there's this whole subculture that I mean, the dead are clearly originators of. That if you look to, to like to today, not at just EDM, but you have that whole jam band subculture that the dead founded you know and not just fish like and we can get into the argument of they're the torchbearers now because i genuinely believe that but you just look at string cheese incident incident and dumpster funk and lettuce and all these up-and-coming funk bands and and jam bands that are out there like trying to do the same thing and carrying on in that same vein that people are really getting into now and it's like you can look at all their roots and yeah you may be like oh we're a funk band or oh we're this band but you know, they all have this vein of this folk Americana um, rock that the dead started. So the thing that keeps them all together that you can put a band like a funk band like New Master Sounds up next to a bluegrass band like Green Sky Bluegrass. Right, bluegrass. Or Yonder Thank Mountain. you for mentioning them. Uh, they're know, so good. <laughs> you can what ties them all together is the improv. Yes. Right? So you can have granola bands and you can have funk bands and things like that. And as long as they're out there playing their asses off and improving, you know that that's the it's the spirit that ties all this whole scene together that goes into EDM that goes into this and you know and, and sitting at the top of that mountain is the dead. And and even you can even go into the roots of like hip hop and you know certain rock bands because you know certain hip hop artists will get up there and they'll just you know start going with it and they'll just start vibing with it and they'll get into a a flow where they start spitting and it all becomes this all natural organic you know show and vibe that the the crowd feeds off of that and then they feed off the crowd and so on and so forth and it just it's this whole atmosphere that when you get into a live show specifically with these artists these bands um that it just really can't be replicated and you can all just kind of trickle it back 
you know, back to the 90s, back to the 80s, all the way back to the, the 60s when the fucking dead were founded. So, Well, and you mentioned, the, like, the impro- improvisation. And um, that's, I mean, I like the long extended jams, you know, that I, I've, especially as I've gotten older and listened to a wider range of music, I, I appreciate that. And... I can get lost in that. It doesn't feel like 10 minutes of guitar solo if it's mm. done right. But even when it's this improvisation, um, this capturing the energy of the moment, there's still this structure behind it, you know, that, that is, you know, they're not just these kind of, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. Just kind of, well, they're not noodlers. I mean, they're no, exactly. music theory. Exactly. Yeah, it is. And it's it, it goes back to the craftsmanship of the music, too, not just the, you know, going off on a 15 minute guitar solo binge or something like that. Or, or like you said, noodling. Um, I probably fell in the category, too. It's like I said, I, I had my first impression of the of the Grateful Dead and I didn't it wasn't positive or negative. It just happened, you know, but uh, I probably fell into the category of thinking they were this kind of nebulous jam band that I, I i really don't think in my younger years i i probably couldn't have listened to their music and appreciated it the way i do now and yeah, sure. you know listening to it especially in the last couple of weeks as we've been preparing for this you know this podcast and going back and listening to it and hearing the the craftsmanship that goes along with it was really what grabbed me on it in the last few weeks I mean, at this point, I think we should kind of take a step back because we've been talking about the band's influence, um, you know, you know, rippling out, ripple, rippling out through the generations. But a lot of people are probably like, well, okay, they're just the dead. Um, Even back when they started. So for those who don't know, and Jason, you could probably correct me. I think the, the year was like 1963, 1965 when they first got together. It's 65. 65 okay yeah i mean maybe um, 63 if it's the warlocks the warlocks you know? that's what i was thinking but yeah uh, originally you know, a couple of members of the band were in a previous band called the warlocks and um they partnered up and created the grateful dead and there's all sorts of like rumors or how they came up with this the name of their their band whatever it is blah 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 um but even back then they partnered with, wasn't it Timothy Leary and the whole commune thing out of San Francisco and Berkeley and uh, a lot of um, – I mean during, during the whole Hayton Ashbury psychedelic movie coming out of San Francisco and they were at the forefront of this pushing this American folk rock psychedelic – like just as Jason men- mentioned, this like melting pot of so many different – styles of music yeah but, but, but let, let me interrupt real quick though because it, it wasn't timothy leary it was ken kesey and That's Mary who, thank you. I, and, I couldn't remember with the guy's name and i don't know where i got timothy leary from because well, timothy leary is big in the acid world as well okay but that's just more east coast like you know the west coast we're talking more like uh kesey and then cassidy uh neil cassidy yeah, yeah. you know I don't know. It all comes down to the pranksters and the old acid tests. Yeah, the 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 electric Kool Aid. Yeah, all that. Yeah, that whole forefront that came out of the 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 hate Ashbury in San Francisco and just in general the West Coast in the '60s. Um, the Grateful Dead were part of the movement and part of the forefront of that. But 
even though I guess that scene technically didn't die down, but it, you know, it, it hit his penultimate or this final movement, the dead became something bigger than that because they resonated not just nationally, but internationally with their, their blend of music and just their message in general, um, how down home and how um, relatable, I guess, they were because they weren't talking about being rock stars. They were just general guys that you could see on the street and be like, oh, yeah, we're, we do this. That's it. So I don't know where I was going with this whole thing. <laughs> Sorry to leave you hanging there, bro. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, hit a, I hit a moment where I was like, I just started thinking, but I need more bourbon. um i mean i at this point i mean i don't know if you guys wanted to put a song on or if you had anything else you wanted to contribute at this moment um and then we can get into more of their 70s 80s and their more following and stuff like that so do you guys want to put a song on or do you have a specific thing you want to hear uh, well, I always like Franklin's Tower, and I didn't see that on our Spotify list. I did not put that on the Spotify list. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I can pull it up, though. Uh, doo, doo, doo. Yeah, why don't you play that one? No, I'm just yeah. playing. You don't have to do that. No, we, hell yeah, we could fucking do it. We could do whatever we want. It's our show. God damn it. All right, I'm going to put on Franklin's Tower. I'm going to start it right in the middle of it randomly. Right, and, and the reason why I picked this real quick is because... I, this always makes me tap my toe or shake my ass when I'm listening to it. And I don't know how someone who's not a deadhead, if you played this song for them, couldn't tell you that this song is the shit. Oh, yeah. That's just me. All right. Uh, let's put on like 30 seconds of Franklin Sour. I'm just going to start it randomly in the middle. So here we go. played that friday night didn't they they did yeah like i, I was like a very I said, happy man yeah friday night that friday night that we went that was a fucking monstrous set list were you guys both at the same night yeah we were oh cool yeah and, and that was a, such a blast of a weekend because i hosted parties both that friday and saturday mm-hmm. so we just set up a tent outside with giant screen a big screen TV, hooked it up to my amp, and just played the show through my neighborhood, blasted out my neighbors. <laughs> and, you know, it was a good time. We had, like, people living out in my backyard for three or four days until we went to that show. It's, it's really the way to do it. Um, while the song was playing, I actually thought of, because we talked about how, you know, great of a band they were, but I also wanted to kind of go back and touch on negative connotations because i would imagine a lot of people think grateful dead and all they think is dirty poor unclean hippie who has no job and follows a band around and doesn't contribute anything to society and yada 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 um that might be a stereotype but a lot of the people that i personally know who have followed the dead or who are deadheads 
are so far from that. Uh, they're either you know, high-ranking business people, business officials, whatever you might want to call it, or business owners, or they hold down a steady job, or they're intellectuals, um, intellectuals, everything like that. It's 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 transcends. It might have been that during the seventies and eighties, but it transcends that at this point. It's it's people are now taking responsibility for themselves and being responsible deadheads, I guess, and they're saying. Uh, you know, this is who I am, this is what I do, but that does not define me kind of well, thing. you know, I'm 36 years old. I'm definitely on the young end of the deadhead spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I am a working professional with a family and a house, mm-hmm. and I think most of my friends that go with me to these shows are just the same, especially mm-hmm. like the fish shows. It's when you go to these parking lots and your attention is drawn to the circus show, but you're not paying attention to the 75% of the other people who are just there to have a good time because the band's in town. Like, we'll take Fish, for instance. They just are wrapping up their summer tour right now in New York with a festival. Mm-hmm. And I don't know many people that jumped on tour in Oregon and followed them all the way through to the East Coast. People now that are into these bands are working professionals and only jump on for a show or two here or there and have a good time. Yeah. It's the or, technology, you know, I'm watching all these shows. I haven't missed a fish show this tour. I didn't miss any of the dead shows because I'm watching them through my computer. That's so cool. Or the other thing is they might pick a specific show. Like I definitely want to catch, as we mentioned earlier, Alpine Valley, or I definitely want to catch the Red Rock show right. or I def- wherever it might be. So they might take a week off and say, we're going to make an event of this. And they go to that show catch it for the night or two that they're there and then take, you know, a week, a couple of days off and explore the city or whatever it might be. Yeah, it, it's no longer the idea that we're just going to all quit our jobs and leech off of whatever and blah, 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 blah. And then even then, you mentioned the 75% that are just there to enjoy the show. The 25% that are the circus even then, they have some sort of their own uh, economic revenue and their own s- social structure set up because they're still generating revenue. They're selling, and this is going to sound weird and maybe counterintuitive, but you got to understand this is the environment. They're selling clothes. They're selling blankets. They're selling you know the magnificent, wondrous grilled cheese. They're selling all these different things. They have their own um, subculture going on that is self-sufficient that people can no longer really look at them and say, oh, go get a job, hippie. And they're like, well, I do have a job and I make this much and don't define your level of happiness based on what I want to do. So... It's weird that I, I – and I think that's what we go all the way back to the beginning where we talked about the stigma of people who just you know hate the dead for the fact that they're the dead, quote unquote, and they have this whole mass around them or do they actually take the time to listen to the music and get into it. I think people are just like, you're a hippie. You like the dead. I'm going to just write you off. Right. I mean on the other side of that. You know, people complain about 20-minute guitar solos that you need drugs to enjoy. <laughs> but, yet, you know, they'll, you know, talk about on Facebook how they're big fans of, you know, Japanese uh, video game, you know, soundtracks and things like that. And be like, bro, how, how are you into one thing but not the other? If you have the patience to listen to anything, whether it's orchestral or jazz or video game 8-bit soundtracks, yeah. you know, it's all the same vibe. Everybody's got that thing that they're, you know, willing to invest their time in and and it makes them feel something. So, you know, 
there, there's that subset of fans that maybe are the stigma, but they're there for pure reasons, you know, because they're connecting on some other level. Um, also, we are, and this is something that we all kind of talked about before the podcast, the precast, the legendary precast. Um, I sent this list to Jason maybe about 30, 40 minutes ago. So he finally got to take a, a chance to take a look at it. And he was like, well, yeah, this is really like slapdash and kind of thrown together because you don't really have any live stuff on near you. It's all CD stuff. The Dead are not known for their CDs at all. If anything, their CDs are just loose structures for well, them to go ahead American and record Beauty. off of. I mean, American Beauty is is beautiful. It is, but at the same time, would if you have the choice to listen to American Beauty from start to finish or go see The Dead play American Beauty from start to finish... Oh yeah, that's no, not even a question. Yeah, it's not a. It's they'll write these. It's like these song books. Like this is just a placeholder. Like okay, this is what you know. U.S. Blues it should sound like, but then when you hear us play it live, we're gonna take this four and a half minute song and we're gonna make it twelve minutes and we're gonna give you like a fully fleshed out version of what we really wanted to do with it. So that's where Dick's pick. Uh, Dick's picks comes in. So, all right, I'm going to go get it. I'm, I'm running low. I need more bourbon. You guys can talk about something. We could talk about John Mayer playing with the dead coming up. I know John's a big fan of John Mayer. You can also, <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. I like the John Mayer trio live. Oh, well, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah totally. Their studio albums, whatever. The John Mayer trio live, fucking fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I'll be back. I used to be a big John Mayer fan um, kind of before he was the tabloid version of himself, sure. um, you know, and, and that just kind of like, dude, you lost me. You know, I, I mean, I haven't even listened to his last two albums at all. I right. don't know really what's on them. Um, I only think like 24 year old girls have listened to his last two albums. Yeah. It's I would say that way. I would say, well, I don't know if I say twenty-five-year-old, but maybe thirty-five-year-old okay. single women, perhaps. I don't know, but I, you know, I can't deny as much as he's he's kind of faded in my affection. Um, he's he's a pretty freaking good guitar player, and he can he can pull off a ten-minute jam, you know, in uh, some of his live recordings. And I've seen him live before, and he rocks the show i mean he's, he's really good at it and i mean i'd heard that he dropped working on a new album that he had in the works so that he could immerse himself in the grateful dead and and play these shows with them and from what i understand he wasn't even that familiar with their stuff until recently and you know the Which last is insane yeah yeah i don't get that i mean it, it would it seems like it would be in his wheelhouse well, and plus he's played the jammies before, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's the dead of, I mean, the, the jammies came way long after the dead, but what I'm saying is like, that's, that's a, the jammies are, are, are about jam bands. How can you not be familiar with the dead and, you know, play a spot, a spot there? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got the chops to do it. I think my favorite thing about, uh, 
John Mayer is that it, he's quoted as saying, while standing in a soldier's field, listening to Trey melt all, Trey Anastasio melt all of our faces, is saying, how the fuck am I going to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the fact that he gets it, you know, because Trey, Trey Anastasio is my favorite guitar player ever of all time. Um, so I, I really appreciated that at least he's giving that kind of deference. And then, uh, you know, he was out there on Twitter. I don't know if you, I know this is a dead cast, but my focus is fish all the time. Their <laughs> festival just sold out and John Mayer was on Twitter asking who's got his Magna ball tickets. So, <laughs> you know, so in the last summer he's become both a huge deadhead and apparently a fish head. Nice. I mean, it would make sense that that's a, that's a natural progression. Um, you know, cause he's been more immersed in blues than anything, but, um, it goes back to that just authentic music from the heart kind of stuff. And, and he's like I said, he's got the chops to play it, but well, I think mayor's got the chops, but he's kind of, he's stylistically stuck in that blues box. Yes. And, and I would hopefully, agree. you know, cause he's been playing his tail off with Bob Weir and some of the other members of the dead. You know that they're they're just pushing them and pushing them. Uh, I'm back, by the way. Um, Hi, earlier, Robert. I mentioned that uh, I thought Fish was kind of carrying the torch from the dead, and you, I don't know, Jason, you scoffed at it or something. You it's like not an agree? Auditory eye roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, my my thing, I just I'm a purist, and the the music is. This the the only thing that's being carried. How do I say this? Okay, so when I read articles about fish online, they always have to mention about how they're the torchbearers of the Grateful Dead. So it's just something that, as a big fish fan and a dead fan, I just instinctually roll my eyes about because after thirty years of music, fish is way beyond that. So, but in scene, in vibe, you know, I mean, I get it. I get the comparisons. But they're not doing similar things musically. Um, yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. I think when I said that earlier, I I do. No, believe... no, no, no. You didn't mean it the way that I took it. I know that for sure. Yeah, I, I, it's just <laughs> they're the next evolution. You know, they're doing their own thing, but they're the next evolution of that style and that vibe and that atmosphere and environment. Um, and there's probably you know a band coming up now, especially like something like Umphreys McGee has that following and that atmosphere and that vibe that people naturally flock to so they could be and i'm just saying umphreys because they do have that draw but there's probably other bands out there you could probably throw out that are like you know they have that up and coming that they're going to be the next torchbearers and they're going to try to like carry this legacy on of this atmosphere and environment and what people should maybe kind of follow so well i believe that umphreys is in that conversation yeah. So I think that's a fair band to point to. Um, but, I mean, in all fairness, Fish is the top of the jam band world right now oh, as yeah. far as, as anything goes. And, and anything that comes next, you're talking about string cheese or any of the other jam bands, those are like second, third, fourth tier level musical acts. Yeah, because we're talking about like the dead are 50 right. years deep and then right. Fish is 30. And a lot of these bands are like, you know, maybe 10 to 15. Mid-90s. Yeah, they have they have some time in order to, to get to get to that level. No, so. so I don't think, I don't know if it's going to happen, though. I, think I was just going to say the same thing, yeah. Because the scene, you know, there was some revitalization, obviously, this summer. 
through the Grateful Dead 50. Um, you know, it certainly revitalized Fish's playing. They're having one of the best tours I've seen in the last, I don't know how many years. But uh, in terms of, you know, fan base, it's not like people are flocking to jam bands all of a sudden. The scene's been kind of on its last legs for a while now. This kind of is just a little bit of an uptick. I don't know if we're ever going to see the great American jam band again. It's always... And I know I'm kind of rambling on, but I'm going to tell you one reason that I think we're not going to see that anymore, and that's because of music festivals. I was actually going to say the opposite, because I believe it will carry on, and because of these music festivals, someone will emerge. See, I think the music's not going to go away. These bands will be there as long as people are paying, but I don't think there's going to be a giant, like, juggernaut band like fish of the dead because the music festivals have oversaturated all the markets Hmm. and it's just become they've all these bands of hitting all these festivals all over the place and are being stuck in this holding pattern but don't you think that's what i mean the dead back in the the 70s and even fish back in the you know early 90s early mid 90s that's all they did not anymore, but that's all they did. They toured, toured, toured. They played as many shows as possible. That was what they were known for. They were like juggernauts of the road. So with the introduction of all these music festivals, all these bands can go ahead and hit all these big festivals and not have to worry about some of the production costs because they're being put on by the festivals and that it allows them to maybe hit some more shows and hopefully keep the scene alive. No, no, well, I don't think this. I, you know, I did overstate. I overstated. I said the scene's dying, and I don't think it's dying because we're we're still moving forward. But I don't think it's growing very much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And the reason for that is because you you know you mentioned about these road dogs, fish and the dead, just touring, touring, touring. But they were touring locally as for many many years. Both the dead in San Francisco at the Acid Test, they built their fan base. And move from city to city slowly, getting bigger and bigger. Where these festivals throw these mid-level acts up on the on the lineup, mm. and nobody has to put an effort in to go see them because they know it's going to be coming around. And so they're not getting that as much of it's taking the grassroots out of it. You know what I'm? That's what I'm saying. Mm. Okay. No, I yeah, I'm going to see where you're coming from. So that's interesting because I I was going to say too. You know, talking about torchbearers and and the future of of this this genre um i mean do you think even if fish is the current you know torchbearer don't you dare say it are, you are they say it? what what I, th- I thought you're gonna bring dave matthews into this oh what that, not even on my mind dude <laughs> no i would have i would have just shut my computer down and walked away <laughs> i would have only like is dave matthews gonna be the next one i was like i, I swear i will have a knife and I will cut you through no, no, the no, microphone. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, sir. The only way I would bring up Dave Matthews Band is to make fun of Jen. Okay. You know, to publicly make fun of her. Okay. Um, as we all do week to week. So, um, no, I, I was going to say, is is Fish going to be as monumental in the grand scheme of things as the, as the Grateful Dead have been? No. And, well, and, and could, could they even be? I don't even no, think they, they they can't be. There could only be one, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, that's, I mean, and I'm a much, much, much bigger Fish fan than I am Grateful Dead fan. Um, and that's mainly because of age, because I was able to see them, mm-hmm. you know, right. a billion times, and not the Dead so much. How many times have you seen them? Uh, the f- Fish, yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to say how many times I've seen them 
for one reason. It's the same reason why I was hesitant to come on here. If for some reason this podcast picks up and gets blasted out over the internet, there's this whole world, um, underworld of the fish fan base called Fantasy Tour. It's PT. And all they do is troll the living shit out of fish fans. And uh, <laughs> and they're a good guy. I mean, I'm on there uh, lurking all the time. I never post. I don't have a handle or anything. But, you know, I just don't like getting in that pissing match of I've seen this many shows, that many shows. Uh, you know, suffice to say it's under 100 and over 50. You can okay. tell me on Facebook later. Right. <laughs> there, was a, there was something I was going to bring up, but I can't believe I forgot it. Um what uh, is your wait wait Robert? You're not a very big fish fan, right? No. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to bring up too. Um, I got it like I said earlier. I got into the whole thing through my sister uh, in like '99 and 2000, and I guess the reason I never got into a f- into fish is because her and her then boyfriend were more into the dead and their offshoots. So it was more the dead, obviously, and then Rat Dog and Dark Star, uh, Dark Star, excuse me, and Phyllis and Friends and the other ones eventually. Um, and they never really listened to Fish, and they never really, you know, brought them up all that often. I don't know if they had some some pre- like some sort of prejudice to, towards them, but it just was never something. Oh, I'm I got sure they into. did. Um. I'll even put it this at this point. Um, I had a chance to see fish, and I skipped them purposely because I had no interest at the time. Um, I I skipped them playing. They closed out Bonnaroo in uh, 2012, and I left during their set because I was like, I have no interest in seeing fish. And at the time that I'm saying this, I'm like, I should probably should have stuck around and watched it. Yeah, it was, and a it was probably rude set, of me though. to skip, um, but. I, Rude I, of you. I, Trey's, Trey's offended. Trey, but let Trey sing. Um, Trey's personally offended. Um, but I don't know. I just never... It's, it's not that I hate them. I guess I just never really gave them a chance or never really thought about them. They're more of an afterthought, afterthought to ev- everything that the dead was doing. What did you think about Trey playing at that? Uh, Fucking killed. Dead? He he destroyed. Uh, there so was that doesn't so make times. you want to go listen to Fish now? I, I probably will. I'm okay. not going to lie. Um, I have a friend of mine, Brad, who is a really big Fish fan, and he has been trying to, not trying actively, um, to get me to listen, but he I know he would like me to. Um, but yeah, listening to Trey play was fucking great. He was phenomenal. So, So this kind of reminded me of something. Um, Jason and I met about five years ago. We both started a, a job at the same time. We were in training together, just happened to sit next to each other and, you know, strike up a conversation and hit it off and become friends. But you know how Facebook has that on this day thing where you can go back and look at all your posts from that day in the years past or whatever. Okay. It, it was probably Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. They were like, eight fish posts from Jason. Here's another <laughs> one. Try this. Check this one out. Okay, this is the last one. And I just remembered remember that. Um, I mean, it was five years ago, but um, just he was exposing me to fish. Um, I know this isn't the fish cast, but we're, we kind of went down that road, so I'm going to go with it. Um, but just rem- I remember just sitting there thinking, this is great music. I, I get it. I appreciate it. 
but it's done nothing for me. I don't know. I I, well, I, I, I can't make it work for me. And I don't here's know why. the thing. I'm not. My job isn't talking. Isn't to talk people into liking fish. There's right. a podcast like that already. Analyze fish um, <laughs> with Harris Whittles. Rest in peace. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I, I'm hesitant now to even share fish music with non-fans because it's either you go to the show and get it, or you just don't get it. You know, you have to go for the live experience and have the atmosphere, the venue, the energy flowing through you. Because uh, I'd say I'm probably one for 50 in trying to convert new fish fans through sharing links. But I'm probably <laughs> 47 for 50 in bringing new fish fans to the actual shows and converting fans. Um, I said that really goofy. What I mean was no, 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 it makes 50 total people, sense, only though. three people didn't like it. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I know. It to- makes total sense. <laughs> really yeah. quickly, completely off topic, but kind of on. Um, you mentioned Harris Whittles. <laughs> Dude is fucking hilarious. And yes, rest in peace. Um, there's a podcast called uh, Getting Dug With High. And it's Doug Benson, a uh, comedian who basically... Love you love that podcast? It's He's fucking hilarious. Um, and he has a live show on YouTube where essentially it's Doug Benson, a comedian, invites other comedians or other actors. And they just get really, really high. And then just talk about whatever and he did a live show and harris whittles was there and that was my first introduction to harris whittles even though i was i guess familiar with his work because he did parks and rec and he did a couple other things and um when i first saw him and like was my first introduction to him dude was fucking hilarious he killed he was so funny and when like uh, like three weeks later i found out he died i was like really heartbroken because i just found this really cool guy that i was like starting to get into and then he was dead. Right, really bummed soon. me out. Way too soon. <laughs> he was only like thirty, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I can Google it real quick since I'm sitting in front of a computer. But it was definitely way. I mean, any time is way too soon when it's an overdose, right? Yeah, it was sure. fucking horrible. But yeah, um, yeah, thirty. He was thirty. Yeah, he was born in '84. So yeah. Harris Whittles, absolutely hilarious. And if you get a chance, watch his um, Getting Dug With High live episode because he fucking kills. It's like him and Roy Scovel and I can't remember who else is on that episode, but hilarious. He's super funny. So, Well, I would also recommend listening to their podcast, Analyze Fish. It's him and then Scott Ackerman. I'm not sure if you're Scott familiar. Scott Ackerman is great. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Ackerman. He does Comedy Bang Bang with... Yes, um, exactly. Um, uh, well, it was... Um, what's his face? Reggie Watts. Down. Yeah, but Reggie Watts is not on there anymore. What, why? why? Why did Reggie Watts leave? Reggie Watts is now the band leader for a late night show. Yeah, he is. Which I late night show? One. The is new guy. Myers, maybe? No, 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 no. The new, new guy. The British dude, I think. Oh. He was in an episode of Doctor Who. Not Reggie Watts, but the guy. But if you guys yeah. are fans, I know who so. you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, that's um, great. Well, that's amazing. The Late for... Show with James Corden. Okay, thank you. So yes. well, hold late on one second. Show. Let's because we're going to come back to this and we're going to come back to the the podcast. Um, Jason, if you're familiar with our podcast, we wrap up by giving the band we're talking about, Dinosaur Juniors. Why we yeah, pick Dinosaur familiar. Juniors, we don't know. They're just our arbitrary measurement of awesomeness. So on a scale from 1 to 10, Dinosaur Juniors or whatever random item you want to make up, how would you rank the Grateful Dead? Oh, the, the, Well, I mean, they're the kings. It's 10 Dinosaur Juniors. Is that off the chart? Or that That's much? good. You're perfect. Uh, John? 
Um, seven dinosaur juniors. I'm also going to go with ten dinosaur juniors, and I'm going to throw in one of those magnificent grilled cheese sandwiches you can usually find on Shakedown. So, see, Rob, I, I think what happened here though is that we set the bar too high. We just threw off the curb. John was probably going to go with like five or six, and he's like, "Fuck, they went with tens." <laughs> I, I but it was such a legacy act and such an amazing act like the dead. I can't give him anything less than a ten. And that grilled cheese because you can always find those at any shakedown and they're always good. So I only went with a seven because I I um, am still even now appreciating it from afar. You need to dive in. You need to start looking. Oh, so um, I just don't know if that's in my wheelhouse. I don't know if it is either. <laughs> I mean, Jason, you've known me longer than Robert's known me, actually. I mean, you've... I think that you would... If I, like, brought you to a fish show or you went to the next time, like, the next time a dead entity came through town, I think you would appreciate it, but ultimately you'd walk away and be like, meh, okay, so that was an experience. That happened. Well, and I I even did that... It's funny. Just because I know you. Yeah, you do. You do. That's true. I even did that with Metallica at Lollapalooza. Because I, I went to the concert expecting, okay, it's Metallica. I can't not see it because it's, it's Metallica. When am I ever going to go to a Metallica show ever again? And I, I enjoyed the crap out of it. They're it was a great concert. showmen. And I, I, but again, it's already, it's waned. You know, I, I'm, oh. I mean, it's, I, I definitely appreciate them in a way I never could have before. Because I just didn't give them the credence that they deserved, I guess, it's maybe. It's not like you're going to start listening to them on your CD player. Well, I kind of did today a little bit. Really? but Good. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just, it's not, they're never going to be, you know, it wasn't life-changing. It was life-enhancing, maybe, but it was definitely not life-changing. It's not, it's not going to really affect my day-to-day music listening that much i just had a, a really great concert experience i need to find that show like live find it from on like the pirate bay or something like that metallica that metallica Lollapalooza show it was a good show See, now show. i don't think i don't think that john would be in his element at a fist show and you would walk away being like okay so that's an experience but i robert i don't know you personally but i've listened to your guys's podcast long enough to know that if you went to a fish show, you'd probably walk out of there talking about how your mind was just blown. Oh, I probably would. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I, and knowing Robert like I do, he would be a fan that day. Immediately. Yeah. By the time I left, I would want to own a fish shirt and just be like a, a a super fan. So 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 don't pass up the chance the next time you can go to a fish show. Oh, I'm not going to. Like, well, yeah. the if, reason why I bring this up is because this Saturday they have a concert in New York. <laughs> Um, I'm not buying plane tickets, but I am going to host a little bit, a little party here and have people come over and watch it. It's not the same thing, but you guys are invited to stop by if you there want. There we go. What day is that? Saturday. Saturday. Perhaps. I already have plans to go to movies in the park with my kid. Sweet. So, but <laughs> shut up. They're showing Paddington. All right. Getting, <laughs> <laughs> getting back to it. So. Uh, Fred Armiston is the band leader for Seth Meyers. That's right. That's when I was. Yeah. Um, who's the band leader? For, oh, the, you have the Roots for Jimmy Fallon, which is by far and away one of the best gets you can get for like a band. And then who's Reggie Watts for again? J- James Corden. James. He's an English dude. The Late Late Show. 
Did he take over for Craig Ferguson or whatever? Oh, yeah. I know who – I just watched this dude's Doctor Who episode the other day. Right. That dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is he – is his show any good or no? I've never watched – dude, who – I think only like really old people watch late night television like that now. I mean, when's the last time you watched any of these? Has maybe Conan. I used I, to I watch Conan. it in college. Yeah, right, exactly. But, but I, I love I, Conan, and I actually watch Jimmy Fallon the next day on like Hulu. Ah, okay. I don't. I don't stay up and watch it. I right. watch it the next day. I haven't watched any of those shows in probably three years. Yeah, I'm probably a little bit longer than that, but not too much. He was in a league of their own. Is he the little kid in a league of their own? couldn't tell you whoa whoa whoa! wait who james corden yeah wait hold on what it said a league of their own i i don't know who the okay, fuck Mr. was he in a IMDb. league of their own well let's find out i'm on imbd <laughs> right now yay internet right <laughs> and so so Reggie Watts is for James Corden. Yeah, and oh, John Batiste is for Stephen Colbert. John Batiste, that guy is yeah. fucking awesome. He's amazing. John Batiste and the Stay Human. If you ever get a chance to see them live, absolutely positively you must go. They are a fantastic band. Are you guys um fans of Oh my god, stupid Xanax. What's <laughs> uh, Snarky Puppy? Oh fucking! They're so good. They're yeah. so amazing. Have you heard good. the new album? It's so I have amazing. not. It's only like like six tracks long, right? Right. Six it tracks. is, and it's on Spotify. You can get it on Spotify. I haven't listened to the new album yet, but everything I've heard from them, and I just came into them maybe a couple months ago. I, I uh, on Reddit, someone posted a Snarky Puppy track to like our music or something, and I listened to it, and I was like, wow, these guys are really fucking good, and I just started like eating it up i wanted to like just listen to as much as possible so um i haven't had a chance to listen to them but they're really really good see i told you you guys are like i've been saying for years ever since i met robert and i already knew jason you guys are like alternate universe the same dude you you, (laughs) i don't think jason's beard is quite as epic right now as it as it once was yeah I, i cut it but i always said you guys are the you guys would be friends and you're the the you both of you have the the longest beards of anyone I know, and you both were the only people, other people I knew who like pretty lights. I love pretty lights. Yeah, me too. Like in two thousand seven, pretty lights. But I yeah. I just found out my brother in law is actually getting a chance to work um, Halloween in Swanee River down in Florida. Oh, sweet. And he's actually doing VIP if I remember correctly. So he's going to be driving the artists from like their trailers to the stage and back. And so I told him, please, if you ever get a chance, you have to pick up Pretty Lights, tell him I love him, Derek, I think it's Derek Winters or whatever, is, and then stay for a show, and then the other guy you got to do that for is Chance the Rapper, please, because I would love you forever. <laughs> That's a pretty good lineup. Pretty Lights. Oh, well, String Cheese Incident, obviously, because it's String Cheese, for, I think it's Three Nights of String Cheese? Yeah, it's their show. The yeah. Halloween is them. It's the Hula Hoop tie-in. But, I mean, Grizz is awesome. Lettuce is awesome. Railroad Earth. Uh, Sam Bush Band is some great bluegrass. New Master Sounds is about as funky as you can get. If you guys don't know New Master Sounds, I mentioned them earlier. You did. Both of you write that down and uh, I will. Look, look them up. They're, that lineup uh, and, is and, really stacked from the beginning yeah. to the end. It's a great lineup. 
So yeah, when I found yeah, out I he was working it, I was super jealous. I was like, that's, that's going to be a fucking fun time, especially over uh, Halloween weekend. It's going to be fun. The band, though, that's to see, and they're going to be, and they're also going to be playing at North Coast in Chicago this weekend on Friday, is Joe Russo's Almost Dead. It's almost Dead. And now yeah. I just brought it back to the Grateful Dead, bitches. <laughs> that's right now. You know, Dark Joe Russo's Star Almost is, Dead is really good because they're doing a they're doing a pre-show for Halloween, yeah. right? Yeah, and they're playing like a five o'clock in the afternoon set in Chicago for North Coast this wow. Friday. I won't. Not this Friday. Uh, North no, Coast Friday. It's, um, the, the, the Labor ninth Day or weekend, something like that, Memorial, September ninth, yeah, whatever that is. No, it's whatever the Labor Day or Memorial Day. I always get those two holidays mixed up. Uh, what is that? It's like the fourth. Whatever weekend it is, I know I'm not here because I wanted to go to it and I wasn't able to because uh, I'm going to be in Miami. That's some of the freshest, um, and I mean fresh in the real way. Like it's just very new and uplifting like reinterpretations of the dead music and the and it's it's like you know i've seen dark star a bunch of times when i love dark star that's great music but joe russo's almost dead is taking these songs and making links that just weren't there before and joe russo is probably one of the best drummers that you'll get a chance to see in our lifetime hmm. so that's that back to the grateful dead <laughs> <laughs> um I think we also covered all of the late night show band leaders. <laughs> Unintended consequences of <laughs> podcasting. That was, that was like a, a, a music news throwback. It was. Yeah. It was. Because yeah. everyone I, else is like, dude, we already knew this months ago. What the fuck are you guys on? <laughs> I, did, I, I still thought Reggie Watts was on Comedy Bang Bang. I didn't realize he – so who's doing Comedy Bang Bang with Scott Ackerman now? Ooh, let's ask the internets. <laughs> we could ask the Drake Google. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking Drake Google. Let me Drake that for you. Maybe I should try watching this James Corden guy. Oh, you think that's going to be good? Because I've enjoyed him in the Doctor Who episode. He's in two Doctor Who episodes because they go back and revisit him. Right, right. That's yeah. With Baby Stormageddon. <laughs> that, that was just such a great episode. <laughs> it really was. That I mean. Randy well, hasn't watched all the, the, the seasons all the way through. We watched him for a while and then we stopped watching him. And then season eight just hit Netflix. So I'm like, we got to pick up again. So she's like, let's watch Doctor Who tonight. And it was literally the James Corden episode where you first meet him, where the dude is upstairs killing people. So, yeah. I still haven't seen the last Matt Smith up or Matt Smith season. Time I've of the seen Doctor? Like, what's that? that? With the last episode is called Time of the Doctor. Yeah, guys, I, I'm guys, still guys, 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 guys. <laughs> I'm going to give you each three guesses for who is Scott Ackerman's new partner in Comedy Bang Bang without guess without googling. I'm not googling. You can hear, googling. you can hear him when I type. I won't type. Um, the first guess I'm going to go with uh, it. It here. Can you give us at least this hint? Is it a musical person? Yes. Okay. <sighs> Ghostface Killer. No. That'd be a rad as hell, though. <laughs> All right, go, John. Um, pass. No, fuck that. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. Look, this is terrible. This is terrible radio. It's Kid Kudai. It's who? Kid Cuddy? Yes. Really? 
Yes. No shit. Holy shit. And you, oh, really, you, know you edited it out so I can say, so it sounds like I said it like correctly, right? <laughs> Kid Kuda. I, I can do that, yeah. <laughs> and then edit me out making fun of him for saying it wrong. <laughs> no, don't 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 do any edits. Let those fuckers attack me. <laughs> As of June eighth. I do think I've read that. Who? It says here, as of June eighth, two thousand twelve, Comedy Bang Bang is also a television series on IFC, hosted by Scott Ackerman and Kid Cudi. I don't think that means that he hosted it since then. No, definitely not since then. It's only been like in the last couple months. Yeah. In fact, I don't even know if there's episodes out yet with him. I think I, I now that you've mentioned this, I think I did read this somewhere at some point, and I just never filed away filed it away anywhere. I'm only an hour late, but I just came up big with music news. <laughs> Lay it on us. <laughs> no, that that was it. I just laid. Oh, it that on. was it. Oh, I thought you had more. I was no. like, this is going to be a great, great fucking thing. Oh Let's man, I just let the whole world down. <laughs> oh, oh fuck. Okay, so now that I go to the comedy bang bang site, there's another Harris Whittle mention here. Harris Whittles recited jokes, text message to himself, which were deemed unworthy of his stand-up performances and was ridiculed for his efforts. Wow. That's fucking, this is all coming full circle. Everything just comes back to other things we mentioned on this episode. We're over an hour now, so. Yes, what have you guys been listening to lately? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Future Islands. I like them. Not familiar. Uh, it's like electro pop. Yeah, I dig them. Yeah. And then um, let me go through my recently played on Spotify. I've been listening to L V L V I. I'm not sure how you say it. E L space V Y, which is Matt Branger from the Nationals' new band. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. There's only you one. Know, song he's uh, playing with the Dead too, right? Who? Wait, what? One of the dudes from the Nationals playing with the Dead also. Wait, whoa, 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 what? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, first of all, they have an album released of all Grateful Dead covers of the Nationals. I know. That's true. Um, and then I don't remember which one it is. I'm not actually a huge Nationals fan. Um, but I just saw it yesterday uh, in a blog that I was reading. The National playing with the Dead. It all comes I believe back. They're, playing, they're playing with Bob Weir and them at Lockin'. Okay. Wow. That literally brings everything back to the dead. Every, everything's going to start coming back. I'm just telling you. Six you can't, degrees of separation. You can't mention something without it somehow coming back to the Grateful Dead in one vein or another. It's funny you said, too, that you, you're not a huge national fan. I actually hated them. Just did not like them at all until their last album came out. And then it just made sense to me. Gotcha. So I mean, this this could happen for anything, really. I mean, I could right. I could not like fish for twenty years, and then one day it makes sense to me. I don't know. I, you you can't make that stuff happen. Um, I never intended to like the National. Now they're they're one of my favorite bands, and and you know, Trouble Will Find Me was probably my favorite album of twenty thirteen slash twenty fourteen, all the way through. So you never know what's going to creep up on you. I just went to my recent play artists and I found out what else I've been listening to. Uh, the Donkeys. I, I saw not, that. 
Yeah, I, I did not know who this band was. And then Saturday night, uh, a friend of mine was over and we were listening to some sort of blues radio station and they played a donkey song. And I was like, that's really good. And so I've been listening to them nonstop now and it's really good. Um, and then the other one is Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. Yeah, you sent me that. That was really good. That was, they're going to be big. I'm telling you right now, they they have that perfect niche, 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 whatever you want to say, of soul and R&B and pop sensibility that is going to be massive on radios. I've been on a huge Father John Misty kick lately since since Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. So I, I was a big fan of his first album as Father John Misty. Um, and then never really followed up on any of the newer stuff. And, and he played some of it at the concert and it was great. So that's what I've been listening to a lot of. So I've been listening to some older stuff, nothing, nothing new, fresh off the press. I've been listening to a lot of, um, a lot of bluegrass, green sky bluegrass is always playing in my rotation mm-hmm. as, as well as Chris Steele, Punch Brothers. Oh, they're really good. I love, I haven't listened to his, um, his solo stuff but the punch brothers i love i did see him playing like a mozart concerto on the mandolin for like eight minutes and it's like absolutely on youtube right yeah 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 it's it's masterful it's really good and then there's this uh guy called uh this singer songwriter i guess you call him gregory allen isaac yes yes john and chris introduced me to him yeah Yeah. i know that i'm not introducing that guy to you guys but that's who i've been listening to uh lately and then he's pretty uh, good the the uh, the redheaded dude from Swell season. I listen to a shitload of him a lot. Oh, too. um, yeah, I know. I don't know why he's just his name is escaping me right now. Hans, uh, Glenn Hansard. Glenn Hansard. Glenn Hansard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Dave's, and then it's Dave's seen tour, him a few times. So. He puts in a pretty good live show. Who Glenn Hansard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys both have met Dave. I mean, Robert, we've been to a few concerts with Dave. Yeah. But I think Jason, you've met Dave before too. Was he at that uh, Ale House? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And he used to work. He works at Sears. Right. So, right, right. And I think we, he came there. And I think he came that time that we had, I think, you, me, and Corey and Dave had dinner at Emmett's or something one time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, we had the paddle. Yep, exactly. Full circle once again. <laughs> We're at about uh, an hour 15, so we want to wrap it up here. Yeah, let's well, do Well, is it time for us to shit on the bands? Isn't that part of the staple of the podcast? You can shit on whatever you want to shit on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to take a big old steaming turd on. I got two dogs and a three-year-old potty training. There's enough things being shit on in this house. <laughs> uh, what do we want to close out with from the dead? Well, John, pick it since you're the, you're the newbie. Oh wow, that's a tall order. Um, let's do. We went a whole here. show without mentioning widespread or mo. That's pretty interesting. Well, I'm a not a huge widespread fan. I've seen them plenty of times, but I'm a giant mo fan. Yeah, just throw that out there. Didn't you take your daughter to mo? I did. Yeah, and rusted root. Yeah, rusted root's probably a good time. It was it was a free concert at, at uh like some sub suburbs like you know town festival. Hmm. 
Let's let's uh, close out with um, Fire on the Mountain. All right, sweet. That's one of my here. Let's do. Yeah, I'll just do the the pick any version you want. I'll just do the one from my list here. Where is it? There we go. All right, and uh, for the Static and Distortion podcast, I'm Robert. I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Fire on the Mountain by the Grateful Dead. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. You can find the Static Podcast on the iTunes Music Store or at staticanddistortion.wordpress.com. Like us on Facebook at Static and Distortion and follow us on Twitter at Static Distort.